Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Real Estate Mama podcast. It's Brayden here and we are doing, continuing our book series today, talking about the third section in Atomic Habits, which is the second law titled Make It Attractive. So we're just going to dive right in. And of course, as always, um, sad that I'm not recording with Alyssa on this one, but um, we wanted to make sure that we got this episode out. We've had some delays, some life stuff, some business stuff, scheduling conflicts lately. Uh, so we are trying to trying to make it happen for you guys. So let's jump in and talk all about this third section in Atomic Habits. So I really liked, I mean, just in this book in general, I like the examples that he uses to, you know, break down like how our brain works when it comes to habits, breaking them, habit formation. And I love this line where he said, humans are also prone to fall for exaggerated versions of reality. Junk food, for example, drives our reward systems into a frenzy. So then he goes on to talk about, you know, how we form habits and like we're very attracted to rewards. You know, there are some people who um, obviously more so than others, but this um, this idea of like this thing is attractive and it is it is so good that we just crave it and we want more and more of it. And then he goes on to talk about how, you know, food is abundant now, but our brain continues to crave it like it's scarce. And so it doesn't like, we can't necessarily like our brain isn't, um, stopping us from wanting something, even though we have more than enough. So, um, there's, you know, there's scientists for these brands, like for Oreos, Dr. Pepper, what, you know, whatever it might be that they find the bliss point for these products to find like what combination of this salt, sugar, and fat excites our brain so that we keep coming back for more. And that just was such an interesting point to think about it from, you know, like a sales standpoint of like, what is going to be that right combination that's going to keep us excited and keep us wanting to come back for more and more junk food. So could we, could we do this in a way to make a, you know, a positive habit, something that's good for us? Could we make an opportunity attractive so that we will be more likely to, uh, make it, or it'll be more likely to become habit forming is like what he starts talking around. And I just thought that that was really, really interesting. Um, So I also thought it was interesting after he goes and he talks about that, he talks about like the dopamine driven feedback loop and, um, you know, the science behind all of this is just really intriguing to me and it's just, uh, really opening. I like the combination of like storytelling and science within the book, but he says, uh, a little bit into that section on the, on the bottom of the second paragraph the ability to experience pleasure remained, but without dopamine, desire died. And without desire, action stopped. And so it was really interesting because you needed desire and the pleasure combination in order for um, like the action to continue. So 
you know, he says, for years, scientists assumed dopamine was all about pleasure, but now it plays a central role in many neurological processes, including motivation, learning and memory, punishment and aversion, and voluntary movement. When it comes to habits, the key takeaway is this. Dopamine is released not only when you experience pleasure, but also when you anticipate it. So then it starts going into like activating a reward system and how we are motivated, not so much by like, it's the, it's the idea that we're going to anticipate the reward rather than actually receiving the reward. It's, it's more of like the anticipation, the process to the reward than anything else. And, um, it shows like a graph with like different spikes and like when, um, the dopamine spikes and it's like, uh, in three of the four graphs, it's, uh, the dopamine spikes during the craving process. And then there's, um, you know, different scenarios and the, there's another one, you know, later on, but it's very interesting how three of the four, there's like a huge spike in the dopamine in the craving. And so it's not so much like that you like a habit is formed because you're, you're receiving whatever it is that you're craving. It's like the craving itself is causing that. So you're anticipating whatever reward. And I was thinking about it and it's like, I am trying to think about in my own personal life, like how am I motivated? And like for there are certain things like, um, I think there's, there are certain things like that I may be more motivated by like the pleasure or like a reward system rather than, um, rather than maybe, uh, something like being taken away or like by the loss of something. But just this whole thing was really interesting. So what I thought is super practical is, um, he goes into the next section, which is temptation bundling. And it's, Temptation bundling works by linking an action you want to do with an action you need to do. Um, in Burns' case, he bundled watching Netflix, the thing he wanted to do, with riding his stationary bike, the thing he needed to do. And I thought this was like super applicable because to be honest, like if somebody tells me in order to start doing like XYZ habit, you have to stop doing like all the fun things, like all the things you want to do. Honestly, I'm just going to be really unmotivated and I'm just going to feel miserable. It's just if I'm just being totally like transparent, if I have to just like live this super rigid lifestyle, have no fun things, like you're just going to take everything away from me. Like I'm not motivated by that, but I do think I could be motivated to do some like workouts if it also meant that I got to like, um, watch like, you know, reality TV and I got to like, I don't watch reality TV a lot, but like, or if I got to watch like a true crime show or a movie or something, like I do think I could be motivated to bundle together something like that rather than being like, okay, you can't watch your true, true crime show until you do like an hour of movement or something. Like I wouldn't be as, I probably would just like, honestly, wouldn't be very motivated and I would just give up even trying and I'd be like, well, you know, this is never going to work. Like this is, you know, kind of sucks versus being like, okay, let's pair this thing together. Let's put them together. I think I, and it's already something that I may be doing, you know, um, rather than taking something away, pairing it together. So it actually gets incorporated, I think is, is really, um, 
you know, really an interesting idea and concept to me. And I think it actually makes a lot of sense in at least my own perceived motivation of like, what is going to work for me to form habits and form, you know, things that I want to do. So, uh, the, one of the examples, you know, some of the examples in here was like, if you want to read the news, but you need to express more gratitude. Um, and it, you know, I like how there's like these formulas in here, but they're not like super scientific or like calculate, like calculus level formulas. They're very like, it's like, after I insert current habit, I will insert habit I need. And then two, after habit I need, I will insert habit I want. So I thought it was interesting. So this first example, I'm not going to go through all of them. You guys can read it or skim, but it was like, after I get my morning coffee, I will say one thing I'm grateful for that happened yesterday in parentheses need. Number two, after I say one thing I'm grateful for, I will read the news in parentheses want period. So I like that the temptation bundling formula. And I think for me personally, at least, I think it's very applicable. And I think it's something that I could definitely implement. Um, and at the end, it says temptation bundling is one way to create a heightened version of any habit by connecting it with something you already want. And I think if we take into account that, you know, the, there is, um, like a desire, a craving part of habit formation that will keep us coming back for more. I think putting something that we maybe need to do, but really, really don't want to do, or it's just like, we may not just do it all alone by itself. Putting it with something that we want to do, like, you know, I want to watch the latest episode of The Bachelor this week and find out, um, you know, about the finale. Like, will if I say, okay, well, I need to do some movement or exercises with it, um, I'd be much more likely, I think, to pair it with that than versus like putting it off and being like, okay, I have to exercise and do this movement or this specific workout that I don't want to do really, but I need to do it all by itself. And it's like, you know, pairing the two together. I think it's really, um, really interesting. So if we go into the next chapter, which is chapter nine, it talks about the role of family and friends in shaping your habits. Um, and so it basically, it starts, he starts going through like, um, the, what he calls the seductive pull of social norms. And he has this quote and he says, one of the deepest human desires is to belong. And this ancient, ancient preference exerts a powerful influence on our modern behavior. Um, so it says that we imitate the habits of three groups in particular, one, the close two, the many and three, the powerful. So, um, with the first one, it says proximity has a powerful effect on our behavior. And, um, it, he later goes on to say, and I think this is like my biggest takeaway from this whole section was one of the most effective things you can do to build better habits is to join a culture where your desired behavior is the normal behavior. New habits seem achievable when you see others doing them every day. For me in particular, um, I think this is something that just really resonated with me because I don't see a lot of like who I want to be and like what I'm trying to build around me. If I'm just being totally transparent and it's not to say that I don't like 
love the people around me and I don't have good people around me because I do believe that I do. But there are some things in the lifestyle and the business that I want to create that I just don't have anybody close around me. And, you know, the limiting belief in my mind says that, like, I have to earn my way into that group of people, but I don't know that that's necessarily true. Um, it, it, I, it could be true. And I don't have, I don't want to prejudge a group of people and say that they would not accept me because I'm not at their level. But the one thing that is really hard for me to kind of like get my mind around when it comes to this specific thing is like, well, how do I get accepted into that group if they want to also be around people where they have their goals and their desired behaviors and they want that to be the norm? You know, if I'm not even at their level, you know, but anyways, um, you know, he says, surround yourself with people who have the habits you want to surround yourself. You'll rise together. Um, and you also have to have something already in common with this, um, with this group. So I just thought really interesting, probably my biggest takeaway and my biggest thought was like, okay, how do I get myself into a culture, a group where they are building the kind of life and this lifestyle um, and the business kind uh, that I want to um, that I want to be a part of. So, uh, really, really big takeaway. Now, this next section about imitating the many. Um, this is something that I think is more of like a subconscious thing for myself personally. But he talks about like this experiment of like following the tribe, following what a lot of people are doing, and this experiment of like. <laughs> um, basically like you know the answer but like the whole room around you is saying a different answer and they're so convinced so like the people who were having this experiment done on them like unknowingly would like change their answer even though like they were like know the answer that they originally came up with was right and he says the reward of being accepted is often greater than the reward of winning an argument looking smart or finding truth and I personally do not like to rock the boat a whole lot. Um, there was a time in high school where I was really coming in strong to some certain personal beliefs. And um, I was in a very debate-heavy class. And I definitely, I mean, I did debate. That was no, um, I mean, there was no question there. And I was, you know, good in my debate tactics. But um he also says running against the grain of your culture requires extra effort. And this is the part for me where I don't, I just, I don't like to, I don't want to be difficult and, um, I don't want a lot of attention drawn on me. And if I perceive that attention is going to be negative, um, you know, I think that this is where it's hard. And this is the thing. I don't want to also just go with the crowd and do what everybody else is doing because I may not also agree with that personally in my own convictions in my own life, right? So this is for me, I feel like just like an internal battle of like not wanting negative attention and not wanting really attention on me at all, but also knowing that like, you know, working against this, like, or this could be working against me, I guess, if I'm being countercultural, I guess. Um, and then the next section talks about imitating the powerful. Um, I don't really feel like I related to that section all of that, all that often, to be honest. Um, 
it just for me um I just don't feel like I really relate to the powerful at all and um I just maybe that's just I'm not at that point in my life but I just don't um you know I just don't really see myself like personally feeling like relating to um this idea of like pursuing power prestige and status um we want pins and medallions on our jackets like I just honestly don't feel like that is just I'm at a point in my life where that is something that I'm super conscious and aware of it's definitely something I could explore more but even like looking at the other sections and like what notes I took and underlined and like annotations I did um I didn't have anything personally but I would love to hear if maybe you feel like you do in some way or like your thoughts about that in the Facebook group um just to hear another perspective because obviously it's just me here today I would love to hear like Alyssa's take on this but you know unfortunately she's just not able to record with me today but I want to know if you see anything if you hear anything like um in this chapter that you like feel like resonates with you or that would like affect your habits and like your lifestyle and like goal formation um so if you are reading along with us or you know you're coming across this when you're along um would love to hear your thoughts on the end of chapter nine or just chapter nine in general and see what you think about um imitating uh the powerful group of people you know in the world or that you follow um yeah all right Okay, and then chapter 10 is about how to find and fix the causes of your bad habits. So um, something really interesting was he said, your habits are modern day solutions to ancient desires. Um, And your current habits are not necessarily the best way to solve the problems you face. They are just the methods you learn to solve those or to uh, the the methods you learn to use. Excuse me. Um, so I think this is really interesting to think about it from this perspective of like, we have this like ancient, uh, like heritage, right. And the world was a lot different and they had a lot of different challenges that we don't really face today. Um, and so just keeping that in the back of our mind as like, it may not be us. It just may be like that. This is just an unconscious way that we learn to respond to this problem that like we have this this thing deep within us that is you know from a long time ago and now that we know that maybe we can just be more aware and conscious in creating a different solution um for that so uh next he goes into how to reprogram your brain to enjoy your thoughts so uh you know he talks about making making habits hard habits more attractive we can learn to associate them with a positive experience um and changing kind of our mindset our verbiage instead of saying we don't have to you get to i really like that because i think it's sometimes simple tweaks that can really help us um and then also like you know going deeper into that you transition from seeing those these behaviors as burdens and you turn them into opportunities. Um, I definitely want opportunities and not burdens. So if I can shift my mindset on that and like reframe the way I'm thinking and look at habits and highlight their benefits as he talks about rather than the drawbacks um, and just reprogram my mind, see these things as more attractive in a more positive light. um, I really like that idea. 
Um, and what I really thought was interesting was he was talking about, um, creating a motivation ritual. You simply practice associating your habits with something you enjoy. Then you can use that cue whenever you need a bit of motivation. And he's talking about this, you know, the process of enjoying, uh, like, or, um, enjoying the cue and all of that. And I thought that was just, again, like we talked about in that first chapter, you know, that habit, um, like, association and like doing the okay well before you know I'm gonna get my coffee and then I'm gonna say my gratitude and then when I say my gratitude then I can read the news because that's what I want to do and so you know putting it with something that you enjoy and you want to do um is good so uh I also you know I think the idea of like developing like the routine and develop you know pairing things close together is really helpful as well so um He says at the very end, uh, two things. Once a habit has been built, the cue can prompt a craving, even if it has little to do with the original situation. Um, And then he said, it's not easy, but if you can reprogram your predictions, you can transform a hard habit into an attractive one. And I think the whole idea here that I really like and resonate with this is that um, there are hard things that we have to do in this life and certain things that we may have to do in order to get to a goal that we want, right? And the idea that we have the ability, and this is kind of like a training in a sense of like things that we can do to reprogram our thoughts, our brain, in order to get us to where we want to go is really powerful and impactful. And I feel motivated by the idea that I have the ability within myself to reprogram my thoughts and associate harder habits with things that I like to do already. Um, and I have the tools in my hand to be able to, to make habit formation a better process, a process that I enjoy more. Um, so that to me is really like really what I took out of it. Um, I really am liking this book. Um, I think the implementation side of it, to be honest, I haven't been super great at, but I have been doing like a couple of things, but I think I really, once I get through this book, I'd like to kind of see how it wraps up because we've been a little bit more spread out than we intended to with the book study. I feel like things still kind of feel somewhat like, um, like disconnected in a way, but I'm starting to see kind of like the pieces like framing together. Um, and so what I would like to do is like take like the habit, like once I understand the concept fully, I really want to see what that can produce in my life. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this book study. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this section. Um, I'm glad that this feels like an easy read for me and it's, um, really breaking down these like somewhat scientific, like psychological, uh, 
oh gosh, I just totally forgot my words. Like it's breaking down like these components that are very, you know, there's like science to them. There's there, you know, psychology in them, but breaking it down, making it very easy to understand. Um, and really giving me at least as I go through this, like an insight into my own brain and my thoughts and, um, my own lifestyle and the current habits that I have. And also realizing, um, as I was growing up, you know, and playing sports and, you know, just how many skills and like the lifestyle habits that my parents were helping to instill in me. And I kind of like threw those away when I got to college and when I became kind of like free. And I wish I would have seen the benefit to so many of those things rather than having to like reform the habit because that is the hardest part. But yeah, um, I would love to hear your thoughts. I will put a thread in the group. Would love to hear what you're thinking and um, how you're liking this book series and where you're at with the book series if you're reading with us. Even if you are listening to this months later, um, I know you can email us. You can post in the group. We're here to chat about it, um, help you along, encourage you if we can. So if you haven't already, make sure that you follow us on Instagram and uh join our Facebook group at the Modern Real Estate Mama. Um, and if you're enjoying this podcast, um, you love listening to our content, please leave us a review and give us a five-star rating that helps the podcast. That's kind of like how you can share the podcast in a way um, is to do that. And we will talk to you uh, on the next episode.